Fiorina Sanchez, the Afro-Dominicana from the hood. How are you? What up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for, for having me on here. I we've we've known each other for some time and seen our work, uh, each other's work from like a distance. But now everyone, your your work and your talent and your drive is out there for everyone to see, not just at the RPA, not just at the mayor's office, but everyone seeing your work on the ground, in the hood, in your district. Tell me what the campaign trail has been like. You know your district backwards and forwards. What do you think your district, District 14, has been missing up until now and makes you the right person to represent it? Like our families migrate to this country, you know, many, 45% of the people in my community are immigrant, right? So you have um, an immigrant community and uh, mix, mixing in with a, with a long-term community and inheriting intergenerational inequality, right? As, right. as we come here and as we become brothers and sisters uh, in, in the community. And so, you know, that, that pushes me, that, that propels my career. That's, that's sort of everywhere that I've been and everything that I've done has been, you know, what are all the levers that you can throw in, like throw in the kitchen sink uh, to, to fight these, these inequalities that we face. But especially now, you know, just, just seeing how, even despite all of the challenges, like you still walk down Fordham Road, you still walk down Kingsbridge, you still walk down 183rd, any, any of our side streets, and you just hear this amazing music pumping, it could be hip hop, it could be like 1950s bachata, it could be, you know, techno and sync, you name it, right? Like you, right. You, you walk down the street and you hear all of this. And to me, it's just a reflection of the joy and, and the, you know, the, the core of who we are as a community that, you know, things right. get tough, we'll figure it out, right? And so, so I'm running to, to do that, right? To, to keep the fight that I've always, you know, been so passionate about, but to do so in a way that is uplifting us. Like I was just gonna say, like it's such an immigrant community. Um, we're, we're the children of immigrants. I always say like our canon of music is slightly different. Like there's so many references sometimes that I miss in like American music. Um, but like, yeah, but you don't know about Hasta la Tambora from Johnny Ventura. That's right. So, That's right. <laughs> same thing. There um, you go. <laughs> so, right. Like what, what, what energizes you? What makes you connect with the community um, in terms of music? When I was growing up, um, Saturdays were cleaning day. Right. So it doesn't matter how much you complain that you got up early every day, Monday through Friday to go to school. Saturdays, you also woke up at seven o'clock, eight o'clock in the morning. And it wasn't that we just woke up, you know, with an alarm clock. We woke up to Jose Jose, Camilo Sesto, like all of these super old school Spaniard wow. and like artists from from all over Latin America who my parents grew up listening to, and I'm pretty sure your parents probably grew up listening oh, yeah. to. And and so it's it's so funny, and especially as um, the district gets more and more diverse, right? So we're, we're heavily Dominican. Mm -hmm. uh, I think 60% of our um, Latinos are from the Dominican Republic, and then you have Puerto Rico and a super quickly growing Mexican community. And so the, this old school stuff kind of binds us all together in, in, a, in a funny way. Yeah. So when I want to decompress, 
I do one of two things. I either make it super quiet in the apartment so I can hear what everybody else is playing, which is often that. <laughs> <laughs> or I just blast it on my own, like this super old school, like crazy romantic heartbreak music. Oh. And then I transition into like, you know, the the 40s and 50s and 60s bachata music from Leonardo Paniagua and wow. you know, Marino Perez. And, and it's funny, I have this uh, playlist that is called Out on Fordham. Don't tell my friends. I don't actually make it into 2020, but I make it into the early 2000s with my playlist. <laughs> in my in Out on Fordham, you'll have like uh, Don Omar followed by <clears throat> like uh, Los Terricolas followed by <laughs> Big Pun <laughs> followed Big by JP. <laughs> it's pretty dope. <laughs> I love it. You credit a lot of your success to role models. And I think part of your campaign is like really elevating the importance of role models. But unfortunately, sometimes we're just the lucky ones who encounter like by some divine alignment of planets, we like encounter all these resources. Tell me about how the importance of role models in your story coming up has defined your campaign in so many ways and your outlook um, and your point of view on on what we need to do around education role models in my life have been i mean have been everything in thinking about this run for office you know you you have to do a lot of soul searching you have to figure out is this really what i want to do is this is this really the way right mm -hmm. and for me that that answer was a resounding yes of course I, I but one of the things that came up for me in, in that exploration and in, in that deep, deep analysis of who am I, what, why am I here, was the role that, you know, that my mom played, that my aunts played, that, you know, really strong women in my life played, right? And I, and I frequently tell the, the story of, you know, my mom and my aunts fighting for heat and hot water and repairs when I was a kid. And that, that is something that I definitely didn't understand how it impacted me, right? Until I really sat down to think about like, oh, maybe that's why I'm such a, like, don't take no for an answer. And I don't care what I look like. I belong in this space, you know, kind of person. I think about, you know, how, how in my education and, and in my trajectory, I had such different, like wildly different experiences, right? I went to a, an elementary school that was completely overcrowded, bust us over to a different building when I was in the fifth grade and didn't have, you know, the, the infrastructure in place to, to sort of, you know, keep the school going and organized. And I played hide and seek for a year, hide and seek. So from third grade and fourth grade, I went from being the 95th percentile, great reading scores, behaves very well in class, right, to the fifth grade plummeting down to, I don't, I don't know, the, the 60th or 70th percentile in, in terms of my grades. Wow. And when I went to, to middle school, you know, I had a 60 average in the sixth grade. You know, it was, it was those mentors, it was those, those folks who nonetheless believed in me, who said, no, 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 that was a hiccup, right? right. You, you can do this, you, you, you are capable. I fundamentally believe that if we are able to you know, create and foster this culture that is not only going to treat our kids with, with dignity and respect, right, and, and make sure that when they walk into a school setting that they are receiving, you know, supports and healing and right from all the trauma that they live with outside, but also setting just the highest expectations possible for those kids, 
that's the way that that we can you know we can we can uh, be supporting our kids in all of our schools right growing up right you had all these great role models but now you have you also are counting on with a lot of support tell me a little bit about the bronx backs pie how did that idea come up and how how is that how is that bolstering your campaign i did this program during high school called upward bound brings me to the bronx backs pie and that program um was really one of the things that that i credit the most one of the groups of mentors that i credit the most with my my academic success because they helped me do better in high school and and keep that 4.0 and then they helped me get a decent sat score and you know apply to college and went to harvard on a full scholarship and then I would end up going to to Princeton. Uh, then I went to the RPA, and I was working at a think tank and, and doing all of this uh, very high level sort of yeah thirty thousand foot planning work uh, with that mm-hmm. organization before going to City Hall. This is this is grassroots. This is this is the people, right? This is this is the community. And the first uh, very first thing that I wanted to do was elevate those folks who have been a core part of my upbringing. So Michelle Dandridge-Faust is the director for 35 years of the Bronx Community College Upward Bound program. And she's, you know, part of the Bronx Backs Pie. And so for me, the, the Bronx Backs Pie is about, you know, folks that have been critical in, in my path and supported me. But more than anything, you know, community leaders and, and institutions here who have been so important to to like our community staying afloat and our community, you know, uh, being able to survive during the most challenging times, and so I wanna I wanna uplift them, you know, and and they're uplifting me. You know your district really well, um, but what have you learned on the campaign trail that you didn't know before? It's just it's just putting stories and faces to the things that that I I've I've like known on on a different level. One thing that has been really surprising has been the degree to which the digital divide is so real. The government in our city provides so much to our city residents, and that is just completely inaccessible to so many people in the community, right? So this rent relief that has that, that the state just um, you know closed out an application for, on February 1st, you know, the Paycheck Protection Program, all of these things are inaccessible. And when I'm meeting people and I'm talking about 5,000 interactions at this point, over 5,000 interactions, you know, it's it's kind of like right over their heads, you know, in so many cases. That's that's something that I knew on some level that, that we had uh, an access issue, but to feel that and to see the very mechanisms through which inequality is playing out and lack of access to resources is playing out in such a direct and real way is just infuriating and at the same time, you know, energizing. I can't tell you the number of calls that I've made to be like, people cannot access this stuff. You know this to be true. You need door to door. I don't care how much it costs. You shouldn't either. These are the folks that need need the help right now and we need to make this stuff happen. Thank you so much for taking the time off the trail to speak to the Gilded Cast and best of luck. Talk soon. Thank you, Thank you so much.